Hey, don't trust the punch boys, man. We back in y'all ear holes, man. Y'all know we do. We play around in y'all ear holes. And if y'all watching us, then, you, you know what I'm saying, we get to play around in y'all ear holes and, you know what I'm saying, be visually pleasing at the same time. So it's a Your win. eye holes. You dig. But, um, you know, it, it's me, Young Dot, you know what I'm saying, G-ROC. You feel me? Joined by J-E, y'all, of the Cincy, you know what I'm saying, my chocolate Teddy Graham. Senator Scott, man, y'all already know we in here, man. Don't trust the boy. Don't trust the punch, boys. We in here. Fellas, how y'all feeling today, man? What's good, man? It was a gloomy day up here, man. So it had me in a mood. So I'm ready to have some fun on Don't Trust the Punch. What, what kind of mood? Uh, like a shirt off with the candles? Milk and honey bath mood? Like, talk to us about the mood, man. You can't just say in the mood. Like, what kind of mood? It's <laughs> a lot of moods that pop off when it's raining out there, my boy. Uh, I don't know, just a mood where I didn't want to be bothered. So, mm, okay, does that happen a lot to you when it rains? Do you have like this seasonal or like kind of like weather uh, effective sort of thing? You know? No, but I think I think like my week is normally very busy too. So Sunday is like the only day I get to chill. Mm-hmm. So I think that has had something to do with it too. It happening on a Sunday had me feeling that way. Yeah, so you seem, you, I was just gonna say, you seem very relaxed today, Josh. You seem very <laughs> copacetic. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand that, brother. I understand. But the, is the mood a result of you having plans to go out and be able to do things and not wanting to be in the house? Mm, no, nah, I don't think so. Okay. I was just wondering, because I feel like I said, you know, rain. And you did say rain, right? Yeah, rain. rain. Yeah, I feel, I, about to say, I feel like rain can, you know, some people prefer rain on a day that's supposed to be their downtime day or a chill day. It's like an excuse to not have to go nowhere and lock in and, you know, be cozy or whatever. And it's also just like the perfect, perfect, perfect time to listen to Drake. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, I, I just figured. I was listening to some uh, emotional music, though. So. Let me talk about that. So I was listening to a lot of West Side Boogie, okay, um, and a lot of Kevin Gates today. So. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's both emotional, but like wow. emotional that swings <laughs> the pendulum in either direction. There's, there's levels to the emotions, y'all. For sure. Please believe. Yes. Yes. Please Were believe. you listening to new Kevin Gates? Um, nah, I was listening to a playlist, so okay. a mixture of everything. Yeah, man. Narco Traficante is one of my favorites. <laughs> a lot of that stuff, even too, from the first Luca Brasi tape is, is hard, yes. man. Old Kevin Gates is, to me, the best Kevin Gates. So are y'all still checking out his newer stuff? Oh, I listened to the newer album. Um, he's sounding better. Like, I stopped listening for a while. Um, but um, s- someone said, like, this album was sounding a little better, and I gave it a shot. Um I need to give it another listen, but there's one song I definitely added to my playlist that I've been making. So it's called You. So uh, I really mess with that song. Okay. I haven't listened to Kevin Gates in a while. Some of the stuff just in his character and personal life has kind of thrown me. And I feel like he's gotten distracted. You know what I'm saying? Because there was a point where I felt like he was really going hard and taking his craft seriously as well. And he still had some antics and things that he would say, but he was for real about hip hop. And then I felt like that kind of went away for a little while and he even kind of went away. And then he kind of came back maybe like two or three years ago when people like, oh, you're still rapping well, you know, but I just, I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't checked for him in a minute. So I think him going to jail at the height of his career really like messed him up. Yeah. 
which is, yeah, is want to happen for sure. Yeah. We'll talk about rappers um, going to jail and behaving badly. Um, probably a lot throughout this podcast because this is in a lot of that news over the weekend and some surprising news and different things like that. There's also been rappers being freed from legal situations as well, which um, people around the country have been rejoicing and been happy about that. So we'll get into that in just a second. But folks, welcome to once again, another episode of Don't Trust the Punch season two. This is episode six, you heard? Um, I want to start it off as usual with um, just a surprise question for Josh and G-Rock, a uh, conversation starter, if you will. Gentlemen, who was your first celebrity crush? Who was the your first? Fox. Oh, that was, geez, Louise. That was really fast. This <laughs> nigga had, that, had yeah. that one right in the chamber, nigga. What's up? Yeah, Vivica Fox. Um, hey, what movie What movie was that? Was it Booty Call? Yes, yes. It was Booty Call. I just I wasn't sure if that was the name of it. But um, even before that, I just thought that she was just like just real good looking. And I hated that, um, you know, when you start playing around with stuff with the plastic surgery, you know, and that's all I'll say about that. But <clears throat> yeah, Vivica Fox. Um, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. Yeah, I had a thing for her like in when was she popping like 2000? So I would say like probably like I was in like fourth grade. I could remember like having a little crush on her. Okay. Yeah, yeah Alicia Keys, she, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's definitely been celebrities that I thought was, um, that I think are attractive, but it just was, I wouldn't call it like a crush. Like growing up, everybody had a crush on Holly Berry. And I think Holly Berry is, is she's a beautiful woman, but I just never, it was never anything about her that just, grab me like everybody else i could acknowledge that she did she is good looking ain't nothing wrong with my eyes but dudes be like going crazy over holly and that that was like i feel like the most popular crush for me um growing up the consensus you know it was that holly berry but 97 what about you though senator so 97 g rock you were like 14 15 because that's yeah. when booty call went out yeah came out yeah ninth grade ninth grade 14 97 yeah mm-hmm so, uh, I don't, let me see who was my. I feel like I know yours, but I want to just, you know, really tell me who you think it is first. Neil Long, wow, Neil Long was gorgeous, uh, is gorgeous, actually. Yeah, I'm about to say, uh, yeah, definitely her, Regina, yeah. Regina Hall, Regina King. Uh, they all, I will, now that I'm an older man, like Regina King is very appealing to me, very, very appealing to me. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was, though, I feel like she was never in the conversation. Like people were like, well, I mean, her. when she was on two two seven, like Cincinnati zone. Oh, she from word. Cincinnati. Wow. Okay. Shout out to Cincinnati. Josh be on here educating us on these Cincinnati. Yeah, stuff. I appreciate it, man. Shout out to Ohio. Um, yeah, I mean, when she was on two two seven, like I wasn't really checking for her, like man that. Two two seven. Please tell the listeners what the hell two two seven is. Oh my God! Well, then clearly, if you don't know what two two seven is, and you didn't grow up with black women, older black women in your home, two two seven was a sitcom that starred um, the sister who played um, the maid from the Jeffersons. What was her name? Uh, Florence. Um, and it was her and her husband and Jack A was in there, played Sandra. Yeah. And uh, it was basically okay. just like three black women who kind of would hang out on the stoop of their apartment building. I think her, her apartment address was 227. And she and her husband had a young Regina King as their daughter. 
And then there was like another young boy who looked like MC Hammer, but it wasn't MC Hammer. It looked like a very young MC Hammer who used to come around and try to holler at Regina King, but it was just a very simple sitcom. And kind of Jack Gay was like the, the more, um, how should I say this, nightlife type younger woman who's like got various men coming in and out of the apartment. Flo was kind of, of course, she was married and was like the older, wiser one. And then her home girl was kind of like, you know, in between or whatever. But 227 is one of those shows. If you grew up in the, you know, in the 90s or whatever, you probably watched that with your grandma or whatever, watched that with your mom. But Regina King was on there, very young Regina King. And like I said, when she was on 227, I wasn't really checking for her then. And honestly, I didn't really start checking for Regina King or notice how beautiful she was until what was that Tyler Parrish movie she was in? Um, was it not why she wasn't in any of the why those were one Tyler Perry movie she was in um oh, I can't remember now it's gonna bother me let me go ahead just as you go I'm gonna I'm I'm fact check right now while you're talking and she was with there and her husband was like cheating on her or whatever is it this Christmas it might have even been this Christmas I think it was this Christmas with Idris Elba or whatever and her husband was cheating on her and when she found out she like covered the uh bathroom floor in baby oil so when he came out this Christmas shower, yeah this yeah, Christmas yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 2007 no. this Christmas yeah so I mean it was really around then when I really started checking for and I was like man Regina King is gorgeous and then just her talent as a director as an actress as a voice actress you know and then me being older being able to respect you know a good looking older woman you know what I'm saying is uh yeah, Regina King, if you're listening, you are incredibly beautiful and talented and we respect you. Um, when I was a kid, I remember when the Olympics came to Atlanta, I remember like really being excited to maybe like sneak a peek at Dominique Dawes floor routine. Um, so she was on there. Um, I remember Vanessa Williams really being attracted to me when I was a kid. Hmm. I remember um, Lisa Bonet. Definitely like different world, Lisa Bonet, not Cosby show, Lisa Bonet, like when she was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Plus I was kind of too young. I was, when she was on the Cosby show as a teenager, I was probably like, what, seven, eight, nine, something like that. But once a different world popped off, I was like, Lisa Bonet, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and those are the I, You know, I never really got into, was that Blossom or Boy Meets World? Boy, Boy Meets, Meets World. World. I, never, I never got into Boys Meet World. Boy Meets World. You that know Topanga, she, though, right? Of course, of course. Well, of I course think, you know Topanga. Everybody yeah, of course. Topanga. But I think she really started to pop off and be like eye candy for a lot of folks when she was on the Parkers. I don't know even what the hell that is. Josh know <clears throat> what it is. <laughs> Josh know exactly what it is. <laughs> but that's, yeah. The Parkers was a show with uh, Monique. Monique and Countess Vaughn. Yeah, how you don't know the Parkers? Yeah, uh, man, you yeah, I mean, I ain't, I ain't, I, I, now that you, now that you uh, say who it I'm is, came on yeah, after. Baby. Now yeah, that you say who it is, I'm like, okay, yeah, but I, I didn't watch that. You know what I'm saying? It came on I watched, either I watched after. Mo, I watched Moesha and stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I was about watch. to say, it came on either after or before Moesha. Because, like you, you know, if we up. are honest or if we can relate, I feel like you had that primetime feature that everybody was trying to watch and then you had like the the not the b grade but you had like the the second joint after it and everybody wasn't necessarily gonna check out after martin went off whatever came after that you may or may watch both you know same yeah. thing with family matters on um abc on, on, on uh, friday you might watch family matters but you might not watch step by step you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah um so i think that's how it was with moesha and the parkers now that you now that you say that because i never I, like but don't said, get it twisted, man. I remember TV very well because Martin and Living Single and then New York Undercover, that was all Fox. Ooh, that was all New York Fox. Yeah, that was that was ill. 
that was definitely ill. But speaking, oh, one more person uh, name who I forgot, who I don't know, it's been a minute since I've seen her. I wonder how she's holding up. But Tatiana Ali. Tatiana yeah. Ali. Oh, my goodness. Everybody, yeah, it definitely. Everybody. Fresh Prince, for sure. Everybody had some type of crush on, on Ashley, for sure. And Karen Parsons is still pretty, too. The woman who played Hillary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a good one, though. I like that. Yeah. I like these. This is like two, two episodes in a row. Would you just hitting us with joints where we not prepared? But I, I like that. And I appreciate that, you know, I'm down for the challenge. For sure. Too. That one wasn't as disrespectful as last week, though. <laughs> what was last week? I don't remember. I can't remember. I just know that you definitely, oh, a joke. You was like, tell oh, yeah. a joke. Yeah. I was like, I got some other ones that will catch you off guard. Like, you got that, to have so. a jokes on deck. Like, come on. I got to <laughs> find my snaps. You already with Fox, and you like been thinking about that recently. You're like, because okay. that's an easy one for me, because that's, that's the first person that, not even just comes to mind that's the first person that i could remember mm-hmm. where i was just like you know it's a bunch of different women on television or movies and stuff that you may find attractive but vivica was one was, i was like okay yeah she she nice you know what i'm saying yeah but um yeah man start start playing around with everything I'm like man just keep that shit oh gee folks be lying to these people man thinking they got us all gonna start touching stuff and yeah Bro, we talked I mean, about this a few episodes. Look at um ago. not to not to bash at all, just just making a point, but like look at Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim was good looking, bro. Like she was a good looking, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And and not by uh society standards, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But just if you got eyes and you understand beauty and you don't need society society to tell you what beauty is, like Lil' Kim look good. Yeah. And now, man, it's just like now you gotta kind of feel like you have to keep up with the upkeep from the plastic surgery and just, you know, I just want to say that I don't, I don't really want to go down a rabbit hole with that, but um, yeah, man, shout out Vivica Fox. And, you know, if you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's switch gears, which we'll probably be on this for a little while here. Cause I'm very interested to hear your opinion about this, but um, we've got kind of a segment today that I want to call uh, rappers behaving badly. Um, Kodak Black was arrested in Florida, in his home state of Florida, for 30-plus oxycodone pills, plus $70,000. That was on Saturday. He was bailed out in time for the concert, his concert. I think that was maybe Friday. And then he was bailed out in time for him to perform in Atlanta on Saturday night. Meanwhile, while Kodak was going in and out of jail, NBA Youngboy was found not guilty of felony gun charges while he was um, he had been arrested by the FBI. I think he was mm-hmm. in California. Um, and that was a year or two ago, I think 2020. And finally, his case has kind of gone to trial and everything. He was found not guilty. Young people, actually, um, it looked like a bunch of teenagers, maybe you know, folks no older than 20, 21, uh, gathered around the courthouse that day um, to celebrate and to, to listen to the verdict. And they chant- chanted his song, uh, I Hate Young Boy, and danced around. And um, thank God this, that it's summer and school was out. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had anyone. Uh, to show up to his thing because all of his fans are kids. Um, but what do you get, gentlemen, think about that? Uh, yeah, what do you guys think about Kodak Black's recent kind of run-ins with the law and NBA Youngboy and his not guilty verdict? Man, um, Kodak, Kodak gets in trouble way too much. Yeah, he Especially just in, to- in his home state. Yeah, so he needs to move more carefully, man. Move more wisely. Stay away from 
some of that stuff, man. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. And then I don't really know what happened with the NBA Youngboy stuff, but um, if he was just carrying a gun, I'm I'm kind of pro gun, so I want people to be able to you know practice their two way right. So if he just had a gun and he got charged for that, I don't know, but. I think it's interesting to me that the FBI was involved in that situation, right? Like what all was he involved in? You know, why was the FBI watching him? Because we're going to get to another segment. Um, I don't know if you heard this recently, G-Rock, but the Atlanta DA said that there are some upcoming RICO cases to be revealed as well in the next 60 days. We'll get there in just a second, folks. But it's very obvious that hip hop is under the microscope and there's a lot of organized crime that's happening within hip hop, that hip hop is, you know, the music industry has always kind of been a front for a lot of organized crime to be able to launder money, to be able to kind of, I don't know, just a, a segue to get out and maybe get clean or whatever, the, you know, the case may be. Um, and so I, I don't want to insinuate anything about NBA Youngboy. I don't, I've never listened to any of his music. I don't know anything about him. Um, but I'm curious why the feds would be that concerned about him. You know what I'm saying? So then I wonder what sort of guns did he have in his possession? Two, two A rights or not? Like, you know, we're talking about like rocket launchers or something like this. Like, and then where is he getting him them from and what is he connected to to why the feds would be watching? And NBA young boy is probably younger than the three of us, right? And so then why are you so concerned about this man? Yeah, I think it's um from what I see online, I think it's a bit deeper than that. I think it spills over into like gang related type stuff, gang activity. And maybe there's connections of previous unsolved, whatever mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that's still stuff that they're still investigating. I think, I think that's why he has the, um, the uh, magnifying glass or microscope on him because of that, where that, you know, alerted them and caught their attention. So like anything that's not 100, they trying to get you, you know what I'm saying? Good trying way. to catch you up from what I, from what I, from what I see. I don't know. Like, I don't really know all of the stuff that's going on, but you, you see and, and hear different stuff online about the street activity and the thing that's going the, the things that have been going on. So I think that, alerts the feds where they're going to be watching you know what i'm saying the, the, the money the guns even the lyrics even though that stuff can't be used in court they're still listening and paying attention to the you know ig stories and the subliminal like all that shit all the stuff where that to me that's the craziest thing where um you know rap has always you know shunned or even not just rap but just like the streets uh talking about like you know snitching and stuff like that but it's like, bro, how y'all out here telling on y'all selves? Right. Like, move, move. Uh, if y'all, you know, if y'all are inspired by the mob, move, move like the mob. You know what I'm saying? They not the mobs is not on social media, not the real mob. You know what I'm saying? On social media with their money and their guns, it's like. And at the same time, too, for me, especially as like as a grown ass man, like I get on one end that a lot of the rap is entertainment. But I also understand now that that the streets is very much the industry of rap as well. Like it's very much like the new streets, and it's super like redundant and repetitive to hear certain rappers have to remind us 
every single song about who they are and what they'll do. Cause I just feel like on some real street shit or, or some real mob shit, like if you know, you know, I don't even have to like, I don't have to continue to tell you that. But if your subject matter is extremely limited, then I guess that's all you kind of know to talk about. But I just feel like that's why a lot of people get in trouble on social media because they're using it, using it as a marketing tool to brand their gangster. Yeah. But in reality, like if, you know, if Josh is really stepping out here in the streets, no, then I Josh don't have to be on social media, you know, recording selfies and throwing it up and sending death threats to Senator. And it's like, bro, you, you know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna come see you. I ain't got to record yeah, that but, and have it on the internet. Go ahead. But, but here's the thing though. I think what we fall into, you know, in the black community is this idea of life imitating art as well, because I think, part of the danger of social media within our community is that there's this temptation and allure that it's not real unless all of my viewers and followers can see it. And so you could be as thugged out as you want to be and really be about that life, but you want to flex the money. You want to flex the guns. You want everybody to know, and you want, you know, your enemies or whatever, the ops to know that you're not playing and that you, you know, you carry or whatever. So I think it doesn't matter about being real or not real. The problem is, is that the temptation and the allure to flex, whether you're pretending or if you're really real, because there are real gangsters out there who really are putting real guns and snitching on them. That's why they're going to jail. Yeah. So it's not about your. And that was my original point. Right. That's it's not about your authenticity. It's just about the stupidity and the allure of living this virtual life. I keep telling y'all folks, this top gone internet stuff is going to be the death of us all. Yeah. Stop living your life in this virtual world. I deal with reality, reality, not virtual reality, bro. I just, yeah. I don't, I, I just, it's, it's turning your brains into mush, people. Leave it yeah. alone. Spend some time away from your telephone, man. Yeah, and that's all. I'm, all I'm saying. It's just weird. It's weird for me to see, you know, saying because I grew up around certain type of individuals, and of course, social media wasn't around. Um, but it's weird to have been around that real time and to see like, you know, present day street gangs, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just like the way that they move and the way that they put so much stuff in like these threats, like that's just very weird. And it seems like common sense. It seems like something that you shouldn't do, but I guess maybe the, um, the mindset is that they feel like maybe they, because of the money or whatever, that they feel like maybe they're above getting called or whatever it's just i don't know it's, it's just it's just weird to me to see from the youngsters um i understand it a little bit more just because like i guess being young dumb but even like the the, the quote-unquote ogs right are some of the ones that look crazy they the ones holding recording themselves and sending these threats to each other and communicating it's like bro that's just super super weird to me so if the ogs is doing it who is supposed to be right. mentoring and, and grooming the youth then I mean you kind of understand why we see what we see. It's just it's it's just really weird to me to see just as a as a even outside of some street shit like just grown ass men, you know. Say I record a, a message about senator and I post it on my Instagram page to send this communication to senator. Like that's just weird. Like that's weird. I if I got real smoke with senator and obviously we know each other in real life then. I should, I, should be able to find, I should be able to find you right. 
or whenever we do cross paths, it's on site. Right. If I'm really about, if it, or if it's not just for the optics and and, right. and the, the show on uh, online, but to to the Kodak Black John, I agree with Josh. Like his circle, his his people around him, he he got to do better, man, because he he's only out now because he got pardoned by Trump. He was still been in. I think he had like, I don't know, man. I might be misquoting this, but I want to say he had like seven or eight years or something like that, and he got pardoned by Trump. So it's just like. Dude, stay in and out of jail. Got a super successful career. It, for me, I would want to just be out, but you know, I'm not. I'm not from that, so I've, I've heard stories about people going to prison, and it it kind of feels like home. You've been so much, you kind of right. don't feel normal on the outside in the real world. So I don't know if that's something he's struggling with, but I just feel like he'd be moving real careless and reckless out here. And me personally, I wouldn't be trying to mess that up. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. freedom, my money, you know, I'm a father. I'm not trying to mess none of that up. I can speak from personal experience that Florida sucks to be locked up in. Um, I personally just don't F with Florida at all. Uh, I, I love I love Florida people. You know, it's not a problem with Floridians. I just, I have no, I have zero desire to ever return to Florida ever again. Um, and so I just, I think Kodak Black needs to feel the same way. Like I know it's home, you know, I know Miami is home or at least somewhere in Southern Florida is home for you, but sometimes you got to get away from what's familiar because you fall right back into that same routine. My mom said something interesting to me a couple of months ago or whatever. She's like, Senator, you know, I know you've been away from Atlanta now for like eight years, but she's like, it seems like whenever you leave, you do better. You know what I'm saying? And when you come back, it seems like, you know, that's when stuff kind of falls apart or you get back into an old routine or whatever. Um, and that really made me kind of have to examine and think about my relationships with people and what those, how those relationships serve or don't serve me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, sorry, I probably look cross-eyed because I got this thing like in the middle of the screen, uh, to the right of the screen. But yeah, just like, I think I'm learning you know, that sometimes I have to leave my past in my past. I can't trip over something that's behind me. And I think Kodak is a young man just has to start holding himself to a higher standard. Like you said, of the opportunities that he's got around him. I think he, I don't know, it could be wrong about this, but doesn't he have children? Yeah, he, that's all I was saying. He got children. Yeah, he got children. He got, children, he got so a lot going. He got a lot. A lot good. Right now you're like on probably one of, yeah, you're on one of the hottest albums, probably something that's going to be nominated for Grammys. You never know like oh, what that's going to do. For, you know what I'm saying? So you've got some huge opportunity ahead of you. In fact, um, despite his recent arrest, Kodak Black is still on the docket for Rolling Loud Miami 2022. I hope and pray that that won't lead to further arrest, that you don't go there and do something stupid that night. Because we know Rolling Loud has been an occasion for rappers to behave badly. You know what I'm saying? To do or say stupid things, right? Um, also, Gunna is still on the list, which is strange to me because he currently is still in jail. Um, so those are some other things with that. Uh, speaking of Rolling Loud, um, Kid Cudi replaces Kanye West at the upcoming Rolling Loud Miami 2022. So y'all got my joke in the text message then when I when Yes, I that. absolutely. Yeah. Tell, tell the people your joke. So they know what Kanye said. Yeah, so Rolling Loud announced today. First of all, for the people that don't know, the latest Rolling Loud lineup is this uh, this week, this this upcoming weekend, Friday, July 22nd through the 24th. You have, originally you have Future headlining on, on Friday, Kanye West 
headlining on Saturday and the one and only Kendrick Lamar on Sunday. So today, Roland Loud announces that, yay, due to circumstances out of their control, Kanye won't be performing and they're replacing him with Kid Cudi. <laughs> like, no disrespect, no disrespect, <laughs> no disrespect to Kid Cudi because I'm not, I'm not a, uh, and, and that's that's Ohio too, right, Josh? Please. Yeah. Shout out Ohio, but I mean, I'm not one. I'm not a Kid Cudi fan, but I'm also not knocking him. But like realistically, you don't replace Kanye West with Kid Cudi, even though I know they're cool or they used to be cool and they got songs together. For me, from my point of view and the stuff I heard, he's just not really a festival um, artist like that, and especially on on the bill with Future, Kanye and Kendrick. It either needed to be like a Drake, a Travis Scott. And if you couldn't get one of them, then you got to go down to like the little homies and get like, and not not little homies on no disrespect, but like little baby, little Uzi Vert, maybe even like a Playboy Cardi, you know, somewhere on that level of energy where the crowd was like, okay, cool, I won't be mad. Even Tyler the create Tyler the creator at this point would have been a good replacement. Little baby is already little baby is already on the docket. Okay, mm-hmm. but, he's but Sunday Kid, night. But Kid Cudi replacing Kanye, man, that's just a, that's that's a hell that's a hell of amount of refunds. And so is Playboy Cardi. Well, here's the problem is that they already had so many people on this lineup. Like, look at this. This is Friday night, right? It was originally Yay, now it's Kid Cudi. You got Playboy Cardi, Little Dirt, Don Tolliver, Two Chains, Lil Yachty, Three Six Mafia, Saweetie, Snot, G Herbo, (laughs) Video Foreign, Bia, Sleepy Hollow, Money Man, Cash Doll, City Merg, City Morgue, AB Tape Money. Uh, I'll stop there for oh Amirta the Great, um, and I'll stop there for for Friday Saturday. Future's the headliner, Lil Uzi Vert, which we'll talk about a little bit. Gunna the Baby, Gucci Man, Lil TJ, Ski Master, Slump God, City Girls, Kevin Gates, Amine, Lotto, Soldier Boy, Tell Him, Nardo Wick, Tootsie, Key Glock, Hot Boy, Action Bronson, Ace Hood, Baby Tate, Dreezy, Duke Deuce, Big Thirty. Doughboy, Saucy Santana, Dream Doll. Uh, who else? Just say everybody's gonna be there. Okay, and that's that's okay. So that's Saturday, and then Sunday, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Lil Baby, Kodak Black, Baby King, Suicide Boys, Trippy Red, Money Bag Yo, ASAP Ferg, ESTG, Young Nutty, Nudie, sorry, Currency, <laughs> Puya, No Cap, Flo Millie, uh, Babyface Ray, Mozzie, Lakea. I see any other names that I recognize. So you already have all the littles plus some really big acts there. Even a so, why not maybe bump one of them up? Be like, hey, yo, you got the upgrade from you know what I'm saying from from the uh, from the from the sky priority to business class. Well, now you're even in worse politics because you can't bump up. Matter of fact, let me go there. You can't bump up somebody like Kodak Black and not offend David uh, Playboy Cardi. There's no way you can't bump someone like a Playboy Cardi and not offend a Kodak Black. But I feel like little little baby is you know you could be in your feelings, but you you get it like he's the hottest of the littles. I mean it's Dirk okay, is, but then Dirk you, is becoming like more and more popular. But little baby is still like the one. Okay, but then how do you feel about um, putting him up there and dissing little Uzi Bird? See that's what I'm saying. And some of these folks might already have. I mean, some you of the just same. gotta work with it, but you don't put Kid Cudi there, bro. Like, so let me ask. Let's, let's, I'm, let's, I'm, 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 yes, yes, no, Kid no, Cudi no. is a non sequitur. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so we could. Who would you, who do you think would have been a good replacement? Who, who would have been a better 
person instead of Kid Cudi. Well, if you someone who's never loud, you can get them. Someone who's them. never played Rolling Loud before, you put Drake on there clearly. Okay. Because he's never done Rolling Loud before. I mean, I can but understand there's probably the reason right why now, he's never though. done Rolling Loud. Oh, okay. Say it again. He's overseas right now. I heard you, Josh. What'd you say, G-Rock? Oh, no. I was just saying, like, I wonder, is that, like, by design? Because Drake is very strategic. He might not want to do some of these certain festivals. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I think Drake is probably saying, I'm way too big for any festival now. I mean, I think Drake is bigger than Coachella. He'd be like, I'm not doing any of this. You can't afford me. And I could put on my own tour and make more money. Why would I do festivals? Drake does his own OVO fest. Exactly. Why would I do any of that? Same thing with J. Cole. Like, J. Cole may still just do it for the love if he's got an album out, but I got Dreamfield. Why do I? I'm not doing your festivals. I'm surprised Kendrick Lamar is doing the only thing. The only reason why I think they got Kendrick on here because he got an album out. And so he's like, I'll do them all. I'll just add it to my tour lineup. But, But yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there was a difficulty of think I think of who they could. There was politics even in terms of bumping the young littles up, right? Some of them may even be managed by the same people. So then you have conflicts of interest there in terms of labels. You got conflicts of interest in terms of politics of management companies and all this other sort of stuff. Who handles these people? And I understand the politics of why you wouldn't put Travis Scott there right away. Right. Let him have an album out. Let him do some other performances. Feel the waters in terms of how comfortable people are with him before you give him another festival slot. I don't think Travis Scott and even from like on him on a personal level, I don't think he should try to do a festival again until next summer. I think he he was on he was on a day and night festival for this year. But then I'm pretty sure they ended up canceling the whole festival. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But he, they, they announced that he was going to be performing. So I guess him and his team was ready to move forward with business as usual and just do what they needed to do. But from what I remember or what I recall, day and night, Vegas has been canceled. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I say Travis could have potentially been a legit fit because he and his team have already gone on record to be like, hey, we back out here. But I agree. I think they should wait. Definitely should wait into the album, but I've even seen these different appearances with him, like in these clubs and these smaller settings of just kind of like getting people more comfortable with seeing him back with the microphone in his hand and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it's interesting too, though. Uh, oh, a couple of things about real quick. Travis Scott recently like saved or got someone down from like a, a light fixture at a concert or whatever and kind of stopped the show to do that. So he is taking precautions to make sure that there's more safety at his shows. I also think what's interesting talking about the politics of Rolling Loud is the baby is on there, even though of last year's right antics or whatever with the baby. I think that was last year. Right. So I think that's interesting that they invited him back despite all of the controversy of his appearance there. Um, And then I know Kid Cudi has recently also come out as someone who um, who identifies as a member of the LGBT LGBTQ plus community, he did. Mm-hmm. And so that also, I, I think, mean, maybe is a balance, a balancing act. Maybe I don't I'm know. Sure. Are you just saying that because he wore a dress? No, 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 no. I, I remember. Uh, go ahead and do your googles or whatever. But I remember him coming out and making a statement. This was like at the beginning of the year. But check, fact check me, and if I'm wrong, then I'll, I apologize in advance, Ken Cuddy. I'm not trying to misidentify or mistype anyone, but I'm only saying that because I really do remember reading a headline of that. Oh, but again, that. fact check me, please. Um. No, nah, I don't think he is, bro. Okay. I apologize, Cuddy. 
Nah, I think he, Sin- just wore the, he just wore the dress. Sincerely, I do apologize. Wearing a dress doesn't make you a member, doesn't change your sexual orientation. Um, Let's see. One, two, three. Oh, let's go back. We were talking about um, the, we were talking about um, rappers behaving badly. Yeah. And so I already alluded to this, but the Atlanta district attorney reveals more high profile RICO cases are coming in the next 60 days. We're talking about also just how hip hop has kind of been under a microscope. Rappers are kind of really being targeted by law enforcement agencies because of organized crime um, allegations and suspicions. A lot of this, as G-Rock has said, it comes from rappers kind of snitching on themselves. Right. And just all of this, these money, the guns, the drugs, all of this stuff, people are saying, where are these folks getting this from? Right. And how are these young rappers? They're claiming that they're a part of this gang and this gang and cities, not for nothing, are having seen spikes in gang violence, even here in Tacoma, all around the world, you know, around the country. Rather, there are large upticks in gang violence. Right. So there's a reason why law enforcement is uh, is out there. Right. And trying to round this stuff up. But there's also questions about why are they targeting hip hop. So here's an article here. Um, it says the Fulton County DA reportedly has more. Oh, whoops. Okay, hold on. Uh, let me make this smaller so I can read it. My bad, folks. There we go. The Fulton County DA reportedly has more high profile RICO cases on her checklist. Earlier this spring, hip hop fans were shocked to find out that Young Thug, Gunna, and countless other Young Stoner Life YSL record artists are, were named in a sweeping RICO indictment in, in Atlanta, Georgia. However, that wasn't the first major RICO case in Atlanta in recent Atlanta history. In 2021, YFN Lucci was infamously named a 105 count racketeering indictment in Fulton County. Now it appears that the RICO indictments in Atlanta are just getting started. According to Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, there will be two more gang racketeering indictments over the next 60 days. And these are supposedly supposed to be high profile ones. Some fans and music industry insiders have been skeptical about the DA's decision to use Young Thug, Gunna, and other YSL rappers' lyrics as evidence in their forthcoming RICO case. So we were talking about this even with NBA Stone, um, NBA Youngboy. They did want to use his lyrics against him. I don't think his lyrics were found to be admissible in court. Here, the Fulton County DA is trying to use rappers' lyrics against them as being admissible in court. I'll come back to that in just a second. Don't let me forget, guys. Um, but the controversy and alleged death threats has not stopped Fannie Willis from pushing forward and preparing for more major RICO indictments. As of now, Willis has not offered any clue as to who will be targeted in the two forthcoming get out of the way, the two forthcoming RICO indictments. But she did confirm that people in Atlanta um, can't expect them to be announced very soon. And uh, there's a video of her speaking with um with uh, WSB TV, that is ABC Channel 2 News in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, one thing I did want to say real quickly in terms of using rappers' uh, lyrics against them in a court of law, if a lawyer, even if a lawyer is not able to admit that stuff into court, into trial, just insinuating it or bringing it up, right, in front of a jury means that that jury now has information to say, well, let me just go online or let me call my kid, which technically are not supposed to talk about the details of a case, right? But you could, that doesn't stop you from doing a Google, right? And uh, as soon as you Google any rapper's lyrics, just G-Rock's lyrics, then Genius pops up, 
and Genius will give you every lyric to every song. And when you look at some of the song titles of, you know, Kill a Nigga, Trap the Weed, you know, song track number five on your album, <laughs> then it's pretty easy to pick. Oh, let me look at the lyric sheet for this. Like, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? So, gentlemen, what do we say? And I want to ask this sincerely. I've asked this before. What do we say about being our own worst enemies? While at the same time, while at the same time, um, still standing firm on the fact that young black people are being targeted intentionally. This isn't a coincidence that they're looking at. They don't look at country music. They don't look at rock music. They don't look at these other folks for stuff that they're doing. Now, mind you, they don't be on Instagram flashing money and guns and drugs, right? But I think there is something to be said about the intentionality in which law enforcement are targeting um, rappers, which for the vast majority are, are young black and brown men. So speak to both parts, right? The, the maybe the unfair targeting or the injustice of that, or maybe you don't think that's unfair. And us and our community at times being our own worst enemies. So I definitely think rappers shouldn't be detailing potential crimes, past crimes, any crimes that they have, they know that they have committed in their raps. Um, so they need to smarten up with that. But I also I also don't believe lyrics should be used um, in court because rap is, rap is a form of acting or, you know, putting on a lifestyle that you want. And you artistic know, expression. Like, yeah, artist, definitely artistic expression. So I don't think that should be used against you because we all know other things are used as entertainment and you know it's it's not def, it's not looked at looked down upon like rap lyrics are. So mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Us us being our own our biggest enemy or getting in our way. That's deep, man. That's that's you know, that's a whole nother podcast because I'm on two sides of it, right? I'm on the side of understanding that it's a this is deeply rooted within the community and it's a mindset and really it's really a disease to to our community. Not every single black person, but the people that's in these certain environments that feel that they that this is the lifestyles that they have to live. Like, you know, that stuff is derived from a number of things. And I was just talking about this, you know, privately, probably last week. Mm. I think that if they were all honest, majority, because some might just be, they might just be, you know, loose cannons like that. But I think right. most is, you know, comes from, and we talked about this on past episode, man, it's just a bunch of broken people, but where's that brokenness coming from? Like our families and that structure has been so fucked up for so long. You know what I'm saying? So many, you know, fathers that's not in the picture are fathers that's in the picture, but that's still not passing down like the right mindset and the mentality. Are the fathers is from that life. And it's just generation after generation after generation. Um, and even not even just like pinpointing it down to that, but it's just like what's 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 around the immediate surroundings and the things that you see that influence your behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that at the root of that is just a lot of people 
excuse me, broken, but don't, you know, that's not cool to say. You can't say, you might not even know that you're broken. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't say that you hurt. You can't say that you lonely. You can't say that you looking for some acceptance. Are you looking for a family structure? You know, that's that shit. Just that talking point does not sound. It's not that attractive for a guy that is either a street dude or aspiring street dude. Um, so on one end, I, I definitely understand that. But then on the other end, I fight with it because I'm like, damn, man, y'all got to get at some point. You got to know better. You got to know, like. Like it, it could be like with one of us, whatever we may struggle with, you know, where we where whether we all are aware of it or something that we struggle with privately, we at least are aware that there's an issue there. Mm-hmm. And you're trying mm-hmm. to be mindful of any type of whatever, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, I it's just tough, man, because it's just like, man, ah, it's it's tough, bro. It's tough for, for me to really. Like I, I definitely sympathize and feel bad and, and understand it. But even then I'd be like, man, they so they so far gone, they so fucked up. Even knowing better, it's just like, but still though, this is the life that I live. And they just like committed to that. And I think that that's a bigger problem than even us being targeted. Cause sure, we're 1000% being targeted just because of the color of our skin. It's not just the rappers. It's not just the gangsters. It's just, I was walking to, when I was texting y'all Friday, I was walking through the neighborhood and I made it back in. This white man came out, out of his house. He was just looking and it could have been coincidental. It might not even have been that, but because my mindset is so fucked up, I immediately go to some Trayvon Martin type shit. Oh, where it's like, Hey, here I am just, I live here too, but because it's late and you can draw up whatever type of, you know, narrative in your head on what, what it, what it looks like through your lens off, off what's been, told you told to you through media mm-hmm. about what this black man may have been getting ready to do when he's really just walking he's just going on a walk right but i'm starting to watch my back and i'm looking and just making sure that i'm not about to get approached and get questioned and none of that shit you know what i'm saying living in crazy ass texas but you know my point is like that's all something that's being happening that's something that's happening to us all outside of law enforcement is just being targeted because of the color of our skin um, and I and, and I'll just stop there, man, because like I said, the 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 point I was making before that is just it's a very, very, you know, deep conversation. It's a complex. Yeah, obviously, it comes back from slavery and all of the damage that that shit has done that we still are dealing with present day. So. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Yeah. I know you got something to say. N- no, no, no. I'm actually going to I want us to be able to move on, man, because we could this is a whole nother podcast, like just a dedicated topic, really. Um but one thing that I will say is that, and again, this is 40-year-old senator. This isn't 18-year-old senator. You know what I'm saying? But I would say that why does hip-hop have to be street shit? Like, I think that's getting old. Like, not to the extent that a young brother or a young sister can't tell her story about where she or he comes from and what he or she has experienced and seen because I think that's real. No one is writing Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino letters about them making, you know, dramatic depictions of gangster, you know, organized crime, white mob life, whatever. No one's telling, you know, George R.R. Martin or whatever that he can't show dragons eating people and a whole bunch of TNA on, on HBO. And these things could also just be extreme violence or extreme sexuality or nudity or whatever, gratuitous, whatever, right? So I'm not trying to limit someone's artistic expression about telling their story, but there is something about glorifying it. And it is something about 
selling your people stuff that you know is poisonous. Like let's stop playing and pretend games. It is life imitating art. These young people are looking at you as role models. Future, Lil Baby, Kodak Black, Lil Uzi Vert, you name the list of whoever, the little young littles and everybody else. Y'all have more credibility and more lists. You have the ear of young people more than their parents, more than their pastors, more than their teachers, more than their counselors, more than their coaches. How many hours a day are they listening to your music? They're not listening to their parents like that. They're not listening to these other adult voices. If those adult voices are present, especially if we're talking about low income, endangered, quote unquote, communities, you, you have a choice. You have power to change that. And I know you can make the argument, well, if I'm not doing it, then they'll just either the industry will invent some plant, some firm who'll come out and be the next gangster click trap rapper, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or some other nigga will just come in there and take that slot. So why not me? But it's about you being able to make a difference first for yourself and your own conscience, but also you contributing to saying, I'm not going to perpetuate this. Why does it have to be like that? It doesn't, it doesn't, we have choices to make. And so you might say, well, hey, Christian rap ain't selling like that. Backpack rap ain't selling like that. I actually, I got a mount, you know, I got a family to feed. I want to be a success. I get that. I understand all of those things. And I'm not saying you have to be some lame rapper, be soft or, you know, it be corny. I'm not advocating for corniness. I'm just advocating for consciousness, consciousness about our decisions and consciousness and consideration about our, our, our children, our community. You can't fix your lips and say you care about black people and then you continue to sell them poison. I'm sorry. Like it's just, it's real talk. Do you think majority, cause some know, maybe all, but my question to both of y'all, do you think that majority of them realize that the music and the content is poisonous to the community? Yes and no, right? I mean, I think it's a two, it's a two for answer because I think on the one hand, a lot of them are so, many of them, let's just be honest. And I can, I say this without judgment because people who know my story, know my story. And the two gentlemen here, especially G-Rock know my story. And I try to be honest about it. My mom thinks I shouldn't tell it, say it so much, but the reason why I say it so much is because my story is so, is so embedded in, in shame and destruct, self-destructive tendencies and hurtful tendencies towards others that I don't want to sit here and act like, act like I, like I, I'm holier than now, or I have some sort of, but what I'm saying is a lot of these brothers are so intoxicated with their fame, their money, their women. And let's just be honest, a pound of drugs, you don't get caught with 30 oxycodone and 70 grand in your car because you, you know, you care, you, you, you know, you're living a conscious lifestyle about your own health or about your safety or about the safety of your children or your community or any, come on, let's be, let's be honest, guys. They're not pausing to think about that stuff. Most of them aren't sober long enough to be able to think about it. But if they have grandmas or mamas or aunties or pastors or spiritual advisors or anybody of any sort of sense, right, in their lives, they're saying, hey, man, like, can you tone it down? You have to imagine it. You have to look at the news. You have to just turn on Instagram and you see you got two million followers. And most of them are children. Living at their mama's house, still going to grade school, children. When you were selling dope and you was broke in the trap, did you ever think you would have the influence of two million people? 
Think about how, just pause, pause and think about how powerful that is. Even if you want us to make the excuse, well, that's social media, man. It's just 2 million people. That don't really mean nothing. Think about you doing a national tour. If you do 30 dates at stadium level, you someone, I hate to keep picking on him, but let's just say you future and you selling out arenas, you sell out the average arena, that's 20,000 people. Do that 30 times. And then that's just a national leg. What if you go international? You've reached at least half a million to a million people. That's a huge impact. You how can you not? How can you not be conscious of the impact that you're having? Don't just say, well, people choose this. They do choose this, but you are making a choice as well. And don't tell me it's just music. When those kids that are shooting and killing and trapping and doing all that are doing that stuff with your music as the soundtrack to it. Don't let's not stop playing games. It's not simple, but it's obvious. It's not rocket science, it's rock and roll. And as black men, we have to start just calling it what it is, bro. Like I'm just tired, I'm tired of BSing about it. And we all are a little bit guilty. We all are a little bit guilty. But I just, as I, as 40 year old Senator starts getting more comfortable in being 40 year old Senator, like I just have to tell the truth about that because I love my people. I love Atlanta. I love it. And it breaks my heart that there's so much potential and black beauty there. And we destroy ourselves. You can't blame that on no white folk. You can't blame that on no feds. You can't blame, bro, that's us. That's us. And I'm, I'm yeah, and I'm done with it. Yeah, let's move on. Headlines, folks. I want to play a game of uh, headlines. Um, <laughs> headlines. All right. I get it, man. Here's headlines. If you're new to Don't Trust the Punch, headlines is uh, is this game that I like to play with Josh and G-Rock, where I read four or five headlines from the news. They're pretty wacky. They're pretty zany. They're pretty out there. And they get to choose the headline or two um, that they want to be read out loud and discussed here on the pod, Okay. Sometimes I kind of scatter out the topics to where maybe some are a little bit more serious. This time I wanted to trap them to where they get, they had no choice. All of these headlines are utterly ratchet, totally ridiculous, and just people behaving badly. I wanted to make sure that they could not weasel out by choosing something like, you know, I don't know, something simple. Okay, here we go. Here's the headlines, folks. Headline number one, Lil Uzi Vert changes pronouns to they, them on Instagram. Lil Uzi Vert changes pronouns to they, them on Instagram. That's the first headline. Headline number two, Tristan Thompson parties in Europe ahead of baby number two with Khloe Kardashian. Tristan Thompson parties in Europe ahead of baby number two with Khloe Kardashian. Headline number three. This one's not funny. It's actually kind of sad. Ricky Martin rejects claims of sexual and romantic relationship with his nephew, lawyer says. Hearing set in Puerto Rico later this month. Ricky Martin, this is headline number three. Ricky Martin rejects claims of sexual and romantic relationship with nephew, lawyer says. Hearing set in Puerto Rico later this month. And then here's... Um, Another headline, and this one's so hard uh, to, to deal with because there's like, 
when is there not a wacky headline about this? So I'm going to read like three of these headlines. And they all involve Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon calls Ye out for dating his ex, Kim Kardashian, claims he introduced them. Nick Cannon headline number two. Nick Cannon proposes to Bray Teasy days after saying he'd get back with Mariah Carey. And uh, Nick Cannon, uh, let me know, no, no, let me go back to this one. Kel Mitchell, so from Keenan and Kel, all that. Kel Mitchell's ex claims she found Nick Cannon wearing her cheerleading uniform uh, in bed. Man. Which, uh, <laughs> this guy can't get a break. Which, uh, we're doing it to ourselves, folks. Which headline would you like to go? Let me read them again. Lil Uzi Bird changes his pronouns on Instagram. Tristan Thompson's partying in Europe ahead of baby number two with Khloe Kardashian. Ricky Martin is facing allegations of sexual, romantic, and abusive relationship with his nephew. And Nick Cannon's got a slew of nonsense. Which one would you like? Or two. We can do two. It's Which on G-Rock. Yeah, I'm say, let's, let's just do one. Um... Oh, these guys aren't any fun. You guys are not fun, man. Let wait. Josh said this on me, so I'm. I, I want to go with um, Uzi in the pronouns, just because I feel like that's a that's a um, that is an opportunity. That's something that we never discussed on the pod. Is just talking about pronouns, and you know, I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on people. I want to say being forced, but it's going to be like a thing like it's still very new now but it's going to be something where people want to actually like legit know up front how am I supposed to address you because I could I could I could offend you if you don't identify as he or she or whatever you know what I mean so but as far as with Uzi I I don't know man I don't really take him I don't take him that seriously because he's so young and I think that a lot How old is he? I don't know, man. Twenty. I mean, I, we can fact check. I, I'm gonna guess off top before fact checking and, and say that he's 25. So let's see. How old is Lil Uzi Vert? 26. And how so, old is which one is the City Girls? Is he with JT? Yeah, JT. And she's probably the same age, right? Probably yeah, somewhere around there. But I think a lot of his brand is. It's not so much mysterious, but it's so left field, everything that he does, all of these things to kind of just be different. And so even doing something like that, I don't know if it's I don't again, I don't take him seriously. So I just think maybe it's something to do to have the conversation going and, you know, he, I don't, just so many different things that he's done. I just feel like it's part of the optics. That's just my that's my personal opinion. Maybe, maybe so. And if so, you know, no no disrespect or offense to Lil Uzi Vert if that's how he identifies. It's just I I just don't know. But I also would love to hear y'all's thoughts on pronouns. But go ahead on this little Lil Uzi Vert changes pronouns to they them on Instagram. Uzi recently announced that an EP is on the way ahead of the long-awaited Pink album. It's been a busy month so far for a 26-year-old Lil Uzi Vert who kicked things off on a rough note by injuring a fan with the phone that the rapper launched offstage in hopes of returning it to its rightful owner. Luckily, the eternal Atake hitmaker was able to turn things around with a trip to London in support of JT's wireless festival set with Young Miami. As you already know, Uzi has been in a relationship with the city girl for some time now. 
Not long after footage of the Silly Watch hitmaker filming their partner's performance hit the internet, it was announced via Instagram that fans of Love's, I guess that's Lil Uzi Vert, L-U-V, Love's can expect a new EP called Red and White ahead of his long-awaited Pink album. Earlier today, that is July 16th, that was yesterday, the Philadelphia native came through with the first single from the forthcoming project called Space Cadet. I know you hear me calling. I don't do this often. Little Uzi Vert raps on the track. I'm not used to stalling. I'm just used to cake. <laughs> hours after the song, <laughs> hours after the arrival, the song's arrival on DSPs, the Love Is Rage artist came through with another surprise in the form of updated pronouns. Baby Pluto took advantage of IG's profile feature that allows users to share their preferred pronouns with followers, selecting they, them as their choice, rather than the he, him people frequently used before. That's some bad writing. And so there's a picture here, uh, an image of his recent uh, Instagram, I guess, pro, um, profile thing. He has 16.1 million followers. Um, Lil Uzi Vert, they, them, Endless Venom, spelled V-E-N-I-M. Kawhi girls think I'm cool. Red and white equals pink. And then the SoundCloud link to his new song. Lil Uzi Vert has yet to recently address the change on his profile. And at this time, it remains unclear if they will. This uh, is via Hot New Hip Hop. Okay. So... I think we're going about this all wrong. <laughs> Sorry, that's just a funny way to start this conversation. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Pardon me. I don't think I don't think we should put this stuff in our social media profiles mm. because why does it it's all promoting people not to talk to each other? And I dislike that. So if someone if someone sees you and they and they call you by the pronoun that you present as you mm -hmm. should not be offended by that you should just be able to correct them and be like hey I actually yeah. prefer to go by this instead of that um and I'd appreciate it if you call me that from now on. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, so yeah, so the first time should never be taken as offense. Um, but that's how I feel. Well, I will say, you know, having, you know, recently working in a school and living in an environment where pronouns are a really big deal. And, you know, the thing is that within today's cultures, like you have kids, like as young as 11, 12, 13 years old who are, you know, asserting their, you know, their, their identity, their gender identities or non-binary identity um, or their sexual orientations and, you know, are wearing buttons that say their pronouns on it. Even like with Zoom now, like when you do professional Zoom conferences and conversations in a lot of even corporate America, like Zoom has it, when you put your name here in the lower left-hand corner or whatnot, you can put your pronouns there. He, him, she, her, a is, is another one, they, them. There's at least a list of 30 different pronouns. Um, so the thing is also is that you might say, okay, well, the first time you shouldn't get offended. And I agree with you, Josh. And I've told my students this all the time. I'm like, guys, this, this whole thing that y'all are swimming in and y'all take for granted, this stuff is about five to 10 years old. 
like you're you take for granted that everyone's supposed to know your pronouns and this whole LGBTQIA movement for rights. And, and I'm not against it. I'm not arguing those sort of things, but I'm just saying this is very new. Like even your parents are struggling with this because literally guys, this stuff happened within your lifetime and you guys aren't older than 15 years old. So I need you to understand that the rest of the world is trying to catch up with your progressive thinking. Stuff has changed like within the Obama years, like very, very recently. You know, so excuse me as being for being an old fuddy dud. You know, I can sympathize and empathize with y'all because when I was a kid, being black was an issue. And I had to always try to assert my rights and my confidence in that. And even for me as a 40 year old black man, I have to walk in places and it gets exhausting trying to explain to white folks why you can't say the N word or why these things are wrong to deal with or what, you know, whatever the case may be. So I can imagine that a person doesn't want to have to explain themselves for the first time, because it may be their first time exchanging with you, but they did that 20 times earlier today with every person they talked to, right? Which is why they want to wear buttons or why they want to put that on Instagram or why they put those things in the Zoom conference. So you can avoid awkward, awkward situations. Um, so they don't have to incessantly have to remind you because like my students correct me, they will correct me. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a, a coworker who goes by A and Air, um, you know, which was, which was tricky because just trying to remember they and them was hard. You know, there's also Zay and Zim. So there's a, there's a list of them. Even when we talk about LGBTQIA+, there's about 30 different sexual orientations, guys. You know, so it's, it's not, we're in a whole new world, right? Of not just transgender, but just trans identity, trans everything, people are crossing boundaries, erasing boundaries of what we once thought or understood sexuality or gender to be. That's those, the, the chalkboard is being erased and rewritten, guys. So um, I, I would just say that that's part of the struggle and why, you know, there's, 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 they're creating spaces to be able to, to, to make sure that people are aware of each other's labels. Any, any any thoughts on Lil Uzi Vert? Um, I mean, it's convenient that this happens in the midst of an album rollout, so it's hard to take that seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's in the midst of an album rollout, like, and we know that this is such a hot button topic. He knows that both on the hip hop side, which is kind of still gate kept by a bunch of older black men, and we I've said it before, I think black men are the most homophobic people on earth. Um you know, that that's going to stir up controversy. And yet on the other end, you know, with the younger generation, which the majority of his fans are, they're going to instantly want to champion him and click on his music and celebrate him. And he's always from the way he dresses to having a pink diamond in his forehead to the multiple colors that he's dyed his hair to everything. He's always been this very kind of attention, in my opinion, attention seeking kind of flashy look at me kind of person doing stuff for, for attention or just edgy new kind of, I don't know, maybe he thinks it's rockish, punkish, I don't know. But so this is on brand to me for him. Um, I don't know how much stock I can really put in it, but I will say that I think it's kind of corny if it is just an album rollout thing because people go through some intense processes, psychological processes, family issues to come to a point of confidence where they can whether come out of their come out the closet with their sexual orientation or to be able to announce 
um, their gender identity, right? And so that's not something that should just be taken lightly with the click of a Twitter itchy Instagram fingers, you know what I'm saying? For album rollout, like you, if you really wanna be a part of this community or empathize with this community then you need to respect that struggle too. So it's a little bit of cultural appropriation in a way, if it's, if it's not sincere. Mm. So yeah, good point. I also find like with working with young people in this, I just feel like the door is wide open for experimentation too, you know, good or bad, you know, I, I'm not going to get on here and tell all my feelings about it, to be honest. But I mean, I think there's a lot of young people who, because of other issues or questions that we all had or have when we're young people about how do I feel about this and what am I doing here and where do I fit in here and what's going on with me and da 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 and you know when you're in middle school and high school your body your mind your world is changing more than it ever will for the rest of your life and so if in a time period where everything is changing why not question your gender why not question your sexuality why not I mean questioning everything everything is up for grabs and so um I will say that just because someone says that they are they today doesn't mean that they will be they tomorrow. And I think for parents who are parenting children who, you know, are experimenting or expressing with their gender or their sexuality or whatever, I think, you know, you don't want to freak out if that's difficult for you to have that conversation or if it goes against your religious beliefs or whatever. I mean, obviously, if you're a person of faith, be prayerful, but I think you also want to be sensitive to the time period that your child is living in. And this, this period of discovery that just like when you was kid, maybe it wasn't about changing your gender or sexuality, but how many of us cut our jeans or had our, our bedrooms littered with posters wall to wall, or we cut our hair different ways, or some of us had slashes in our eyebrows, or we put, wore our pants backwards, and then we wore our pants hanging off our behinds, or we, then they were skinny, and then it was, you know, it was all these different things that we were experimenting. I just feel like because this is the popular arena of experimentation, a lot of young people are doing that. Hmm. So. Yes. I got a... Um... <clears throat> quick little story time for y'all oh i just i just, I just wanted to um, enlighten y'all and the listeners so i did some partner content for puma and i had this idea to do my own runway fashion show but to to make fun of it a little bit because some of it is real goofy and artsy and then some of it is actually real really well thought out and well designed so we went to a storage unit up the street to film last Sunday mm-hmm. and it was hot in the storage unit. We, it was three looks, three different outfits. And we were recording the very last frame of the entire piece of content and Instagram, this message pops up and I've never seen this message before in my life. I can't even remember what it said, but I close out of it. And we lost all of the content after like an hour. So I was like, damn, pissed, right? You know, so I'm giving y'all like the more mild version. So it's like, damn, should we just dip? Cause we running past Gavin bedtime, this then the third. So it's like, nah, after we done did all this, you know what I'm saying? We might as well reshoot it. So we reshoot it right then and there, get the content, leave, get to the house, all that good stuff. So fast forward to Wednesday, I'm going to drop it. I put a countdown up on, on Instagram just to hype it up and market it. You see like a row of like storage units 
and a countdown from a sneaker page. So people are like, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's intriguing. Like, wh- what is this? So moments before I'm getting ready to publish it, the video saved as a draft in Instagram. So I'm editing the clips and adding music to it, trying to figure out how to soundtrack it. I kid you not, Instagram glitches and a message pops up and it says, due to a due to technical issues, this content is no longer available. And I lost all that content. So I was super pissed off because I'm like, bro, the devil is a lie. Like I'm mm-hmm. 1000% being tested. This is the type of stuff that never, ever happens. So I'm go to get food and I'm just thinking about how much fun I had and how it was just like a really cool way to like present the shoe. And it's just like, if you look at it, it's like a very Gerard thing. Like it's no doubt about it. And I'm trolling in it. And some people, it's like slapstick humor versus dry humor where you have to pay attention. To me, I feel like this is like slapstick, but apparently it kind of went over some people's heads and they, they took it very seriously. And it's like, it's clearly like the first outfit. I won't spoil it for y'all if y'all haven't seen it. I'll, I'll post a link in the group. But anyways, I'm thinking about how much fun I had. And it's like, it sucks that I put all this energy into it. And now it just, it just doesn't go out. So I get back home and I'm like, hey, man, am I tripping? Should we try to do this joint like one more time? And was like, yeah, let's do it. So Thursday, we go back and we shoot it. And finally publish that mug on Friday. But I just wanted to give y'all that story, bro, because that was like me. I have not been tested like that in a very, very, very long time. Like it's the it's the type of stuff that you hope wouldn't happen, but it actually happens. Like y- y'all getting ready to go on a on a road trip, and soon as you get on the expressway, all four floor uh, all four tires blow out. Like it's just that type of shit where you like fuck out of here. Like come on, bro. Like that type of stuff happened, man. So. I just wanted to tell y'all it's not even funny. You know, I can I can smile about it now, but like in the in in the midst of it happening, it's just like you gotta be shitting me. Like you legit gotta be kidding me or whatever. So I'm gonna drop it in the in the um in the group so that y'all can see it. But that's that's a true story. So not not a hilarious story, but a very real story, you know, just to just show, you know, patience and dedication to not just me to like boast about it, but just for anybody out there that may need to be encouraged and inspired and motivated. If you're being tested in your life, whatever it may be, like I, mine was a piece of content, which was, which very important piece of content for me because it's business related, but it wasn't anything that was going to like, you know, change, change my life or anything like that. So the patience and the dedication is there. And and sometimes you're going to be tested, man. And in the midst of that test, that's going to really show your character because that was an opportunity for me to really like spaz out and start pointing fingers and are trying to take my frustration out on the people around me. And I, although I was frustrated, I was proud of the way that I handled it. But I know that it had to have been a test, man, because it's just like it's it, again, it's those things that you would never expect to happen. So I just want to share that with y'all, man. Quick, quick story time. I promise the next story story will be from my past, something more hilarious and out there. But that shit really happened, y'all. I promise you, on God. Story time with G-Rock. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by Spotify. I mean, Shopify. I mean, Spotify. Spotify yeah, and Shopify. Get it right. Lamest folks in hip-hop culture. Um, I want to do this real quickly, then we'll talk about personal classic EPs, maybe some new music. There's some sports stuff. We, there's a lot of stuff on the docket, gentlemen. We can, we can bounce around. But let's do this one. Lamest folks in hip-hop. Uh, we already at an hour 15, yeah. Okay, thank you, Josh. 
Um, and yeah, there's some, some, some stuff I've already skipped. Throw some names out there and you tell me what you think. And if you've got names to add to this list, please do. Safari, Meek Mill, Benzino, The Game. <laughs> I just want to say that G-Rock said this. Benny the Butcher, Nick Cannon, obviously. Uh, any other names to add to this list? And then maybe you want to tell a story as to why why these people are some of the lamest folks in here. Are there any discrepancies, people that you would say, nah, he's not that lame? I don't know enough about Safari to call him. So I, I, I legit don't know, but everybody else, everybody else is like, okay, I get it. There's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no debate there or anything that I'm going to take up for. But honestly, bro, I just feel like a lot of rappers are showing a lot of rappers that I didn't even think was lame. They're, they're showing us on social media, how lame they are. You know, um, you, you mentioned Meek. I think Meek originally, when he was introduced, I thought he was just like a just a cool dude. But social social media, and not just rappers. So I'm not trying to single out rappers, but people in general. Like a lot of people don't really know that how to have that balance and how to cut off certain things that they share on social media, or how to just shut up and not always have to have an opinion on everything. You know what I'm saying? And once that stuff is out there, yeah, you could you could add him to the conversation. Like, you know, and that's that's so crazy to say that too, man, because that's somebody that was once upon a time the absolute coolest rapper person in the game. And now he's just aged so poorly online where it has tarnished the legacy a bit where people are just like, bro. And he still just be like, you know what I mean? And that, 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 that's crazy to say. And I know it's a whole bunch of other people that are fans of his and a bunch of people from Atlanta that feel the same way. They may not necessarily say it on a public platform like this, but it, it just, it's social media though, bro. It's social media exposing the real of these people. And before we didn't have social media. So some of these rappers probably was lames too, but they didn't have, something to pop off and then turn their phone on and record and voice their opinion on it and have them looking crazy. It was still a lure and mystique around they, their, 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 their true selves. And right. all these years, man, of just seeing these rapper after rapper. And I say even Benny the Butcher, you know, I joked around, but I was just like, I, I, I always thought his name was lame. And I just feel like every time you turn around and again, it's not to single him out. It's just rappers and people, but we talking about rappers like feeling the need, like the video I, I, I posted with y'all about, you know, being in the hood and <laughs> ask people around me, if you ask people where I'm from, they know like, bro, why are you still, why was that necessary to, to record and publish? Like the thought of that shit is lame. That's like lame shit. Like that's me as a grown ass man, I couldn't hang around not outside of rappers. I couldn't hang around y'all if y'all was like that. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. That right. shit just it's just lame. So it's not again to single them out, but social media is has has and is exposing all lame niggas. Anybody you would add or take away from that list, Josh? Um, uh, I would take I would take Benny off. Mm-hmm. Um. So you don't That's think you, you you don't think that you don't think constantly recording and saying like 
shit that ain't even really important that you're trying to kind of look cool and, and hard and get credibility over and over and over again. You don't, you don't think that's lame? I think artists are constantly trying to find ways to get engagement and stuff like that with social media. So I think it could be a part of that. Um, but do you think that's lame? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't really, so IG is like the last form of social media that I really use. So I don't really even pay attention to that stuff. So I don't really see it. Like I see it, like if it's shared in the group, but I don't see a lot of the stuff Benny does. So I don't really get why you say it a lot of times. But um, I mean, because I, I be seeing videos like that and I be like, I see more of that <clears throat> than I see like in, in here music. I mean, that's, to me, that's just lame. Like Gibbs, I like Gibbs. You know what I'm saying? I still like Tilt, but some of that stuff is just, is lame, not just because they doing it, it would be lame if, if I was doing right. it. Right, you know it's just doing, like, it's doing just, too much. Gibbs yeah. has been getting out of hand to me, definitely. For sure, for sure. Definitely. I think he's become, you know, there was a moment where he was a social media darling. You know, people liked the trolling. He was kind of trying to do something. Yeah, it was funny. He was, he was actually yeah, being he funny, was, but then he it, knew how to are... use it well. But I think he let the tension get to his head, you know, um, and he wanted to be on there too much. I think he started popping off at the mouth a little bit too much, trying to prove stuff or feeling like he could poke the bear and the bear wasn't ever going to take a swipe with him. I think he ended up taking a loss with the gunner situation. He took a loss with Griselda. You talk about Benny the Butcher. He took a loss with them. Yeah. You know, he took a loss with Jim Jones or whatever. And just repeatedly over and over again, you're going to learn to maybe stop running your mouth so much. And um, that's when it get lame too, Senator, to be clear. Like the stuff he was posting in his IG story, that stuff was funny. He was just trolling being more of a comedian nothing wrong with that but it's lame when it crosses over to like the tough guy gangster that right. type of shit because this is like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier it's like hey man if that's how y'all really moving y'all know each other y'all y'all know each other y'all yeah, just straighten that mug out yeah just do what y'all need to do but when you start getting on the internet and then you start making the videos and all that to me all of that type of behavior is very much lame every time something pop off you got to you know what I'm saying you got to put yourself in the middle of it and and have an opinion on it and then sometimes your opinion ain't even nothing that's like insightful or something that actually makes sense or you know what I'm saying was something to take away from it where it's like oh damn he actually had a really good perspective on that this is like nah you just you just keep getting in the way you just keep talking this is like that that shit is lame sometimes and, I wonder go ahead no and I was about to say and I just think that I think that if you was to do a survey most people would agree with it, you know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know if these people are actual, like just legit lames. I don't necessarily think that, but it's just that that behavior. Some of them are, some of them are. I mean, and I think that's that's the reality, right? Some of these guys are not as cool as their music or the personas that have been, they've dressed themselves in or have been, they've been dressed in may appear. Right. Um, I also think some stuff that we might see as lame behavior is also the result of people trying too hard for social media. It's turning folks brain into mush. I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it, too, is that some of this stuff is uh, to me looks like symptoms of mental health issues, too. Like some of the stuff Meek says and does or whatever, or like just some of this stuff shows to me like they're like, are you? Are you all the way there? G-Rock, you gave this description once, like you said, you knew a woman 
or a young woman um, was like, you know how we say that sometimes people like don't have all their marbles or their marbles are missing. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and you were like, this sister has all her marbles was like, one of them was kind of like chip, like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Was, that, yeah. yeah, that last chip one was just, just had a little chip, chip on it. Yeah, exactly. So it just, I feel like I wonder that, and I'm not trying to make light of mental health issues, no, but, yeah. I, but I do wonder that sometimes. And then when you have these people are in front of cameras and you add fame and you add drugs, into the mix, you know. Yeah, what I'm I was saying? just like, thinking that maybe maybe it's the drugs too, and you know what I'm saying. Ain't and no there's no, them. there's no uh, speaking of no that. In, there's no in between of you having a thought and picking up your phone. Like I could pick up my phone right now and broadcast to two hundred something plus thousand people and make a fool of myself, depending on the state of mind that I'm in. If I'm if I'm high, if I'm drunk, or whatever the case. So I I know that that plays a part, but it's like. If it happened to you one time and you're like, damn, I fucked up, I was slipping or whatever. But if this is repeated over and over again, then it's then you start looking at it where it's like, someone need to take your phone away. Yeah, or you got to look in the mirror and be like, is this just who you are? Ain't no one in your circle is telling you, even even what's the name too? I don't I don't even want to leave him out. Like I think he, I think he obviously is the most influential person of our generation. But some of that shit, yeah, he was doing it was lame. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it. You got it. That's what I'm saying. You got to call a spade a spade. Like he, he's definitely creative, a creative genius, and all that stuff. I would never take that away. But it's like at 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 a point when you start doing like lame and corny shit, you know. And I again, it could be the the mental stuff or whatever. But even within the people that's around you and that care about you, got to be able to hold you accountable and not have you looking crazy. And I think he's one of the few that can do it. It's a it's it's a thing in that moment and then people forget about it because they love him so much but i don't know i just i just say that to say man like some of that that shit i be seeing online it's just lame bro it's that that behavior is lame and it would be lame period it's just it's just lame in general even let's circle back to this let's circle back to this at another episode i know i know the hours it's getting ahead yeah, yeah. of us and there's other there's where other we, where we folks. at josh buck 30 we got like five minutes <laughs> all right let's do uh let's do personal classic lps and then um we'll do fishbowl of fun we'll skip ahead there's just so much stuff on the docket um personal classic album so i, I do want to share and i've shared this on the podcast before my personal five c's of a classic album right these are the things that i think of any genre of music makes a classic album fight me if you don't like them uh, creative, captivating, conceptual, cohesive, and concise. Again, creative, captivating, conceptual, cohesive, and concise. I would use these five to defend uh, any of the selections or albums that I would choose as a classic. These two gentlemen may have their own criteria. Um, we're going to try not to overlap with our five. And, and more importantly, these are each of our personal you know, classic albums, albums. You could even say that we think they're, they're our favorite albums. Like we think that they are classic according mm. to our own criteria. Um, let's begin with you, Josh. Then we'll yeah. go G-Rock and I'll clean up. Okay. So when thinking of this question, I was just tr- mainly thinking of like newer stuff. So I'm just going to name a few. Um, I think um, West Side Boogies, Everything's for Sale, in my opinion, is a very thorough, like, thought out conceptual project um personally i really love it um and i think it's a personal classic for me 
Um, another newer album that's like that for me as well is Vince self-titled Vince Staples album by Vince Staples. Um, that's another album. It's 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 only like twenty two minutes, mm-hmm. but every song hits. When you, I feel like, and I I never thought I would like an album that short, but I feel complete when that album plays for some reason, even mm-hmm. though it's so short. Mm-hmm. Like it has. I think five songs and two skits mm-hmm. and you feel like you listen to a whole album when you're done with mm-hmm. it. Um, and then the last one I'm going to name is Bandana by um, Freddie Gibbs. Um, I never really listened to Freddie Gibbs, but for some reason, you know, when he had his legal trouble, when he was, I think it was Sweden or something. No, nah, it, it was, was Austria. Austria. Yeah. Austria. It was Austria. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so after he got out of out of that situation, I just started listening to his music, just wanting to see like what's after going through that, what he had to say and stuff like that. So um, and I eventually became a fan. But that album right there, Bandana, it um, is definitely a personal classic for me as well. Mm-hmm. What's some of the albums y'all got? Josh, you named a lot of new stuff. Um, one of the one album that you named that I almost named was Vince self-titled. I agree with you that that album is flawless. It was the best album of last year for me. And it's, it's not even close. Like you, I've, that replay value on that album is ridiculously high. But the albums that I have on my list, T.I., I'm serious. Play a Fly, Moving On, Aaliyah, self-titled 2001 album, Destiny's Child, Destiny Fulfilled, Adele 19, and Juvenile Soldier Rag. So y'all see, I ain't touch on nothing new. I just want to talk about like joints that I feel like are personal classics that other people may not necessarily, like I think T.I. I'm Serious may be like a regional classic. I don't know if, if, it's, a, if it's a hip hop classic. Personally, I think it can be, but I don't know that hip hop is gonna call it that um but yeah these are these are joints these are some of my favorite albums and joints that i definitely think are classic albums senator um let's see let's pull out just a few here uh juvenile 400 degrees um every time i, I listen people will say that's a classic i album. think yeah i think that's universal yeah, yeah I, I mean i that's why i said i think that a lot of the ones that i would have on my list hey guys don't interrupt my list that's number one i'll just don't say you, don't you he damn gonna, interrupt hey, he my gonna list he's he gonna say illmatic next job <laughs> <laughs> uh, illmatic is on my list is it definitely but i'm saying first these are personal yeah, classics that's <laughs> yeah that's on the list he gonna say trap music next actually no ti did not make the list um Damn, but I, I mean, don't get mad that I have good taste. That's number one. Uh, and number two, let me share my personal go, classics. Go, my, my bad. You, just, you caught me off guard. I didn't know you was going to say joints that was like certified classics. I thought this was on personal joints. Yeah, but these are my personal joints. That's what I'm saying. These are my personal albums. that I, And I told you I was only going to do hip hop. We had this discussion. Right, let go. Let go. Um, Run the Jewels 3, for sure, to me, is a classic. That's the best out of all four of them so far. Um. Freddie Gibbs, and you said Bandana. Bandana was on my list, but Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist Alfredo is definitely on my list. And I know for some people that might still be kind of too early, uh, but that's on there. Um, 
Project Pat Getty Green is another one. Like every time I go back and I listen to that album, I'm like, damn, this album is still like hard from the beginning to the end. Like this album is hard. Um, and one other one that I think, oh, that people don't often think about is Little Brother, The Minstrel Show. And every time I go back, and I, it's not an album that I listen to consistently over and over again, but every time I go back and I listen to that album from start, I can just, I, I can let it play. And I'm just floored how dope Fonte is. Like every, every, like, just every track on there is hard. So those are some that I would throw out there that um, mm. are, while I think that they are common classics, um, are also ones that y'all didn't name and ones that I would stand by, by my criteria, ones that, you know, have been a part of the soundtrack of my of my life. So. Yep. And you said you had how many on, on your, you had like a punch on your list, right? I've got like 40. So give us, give us another one. Outside that maybe of, that's to re, not necessarily replaced, but give us another one because you said 400 degrees and, 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 you know, we just feel like that's a universal classic. So give, give us one more. I mean, I don't think that anyone will argue with most of the ones that I have on my list, but maybe I would say creeping on a come up bone. You know, and it was, it's hard to decide, right? Because both East 1999 and Creeping on the Come Up and Creeping on the Come Up is first. Both of those are yeah. their hardest albums. There's no conversation about that, right? Yeah. For sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. And East 1999 has a whole bunch of like radio hits and things that people remember. But what I really like about Creeping on the Come Up, and you said that you like this too, Josh, about the Vince albums, that Creeping on the Come Up is a very short album. Like there's probably what, 10 songs on there, if that, maybe eight or nine. Or I whatever I think it's list. I think it's listening that I'm about to fact check, but go ahead. Yeah, but so a super super short album, but because it definitely is cohesive, it's creative, it's captivating, like it stands the test of time. But the conciseness of it, and at that time in the 90s, people weren't putting Eight out songs, yeah, weren't putting out concise rap albums, you know. So I don't know what the time, the running time for that album is, but I know that really 29 minutes, yeah. That really floored me at that time to like have a rap album that had that immediate replay value specifically was because it was that short. I mean, that's super rare. Like I think Doggy Style comes in at like 50, 55 minutes or something like that. Right. So um, for an album of that time period, the to, to take a risk and be concise was really dope. And for it to still be considered like a, a long playing album. Mm. Other ones? You want me to throw out another one? I mean, I, I really just wanted you... To, to give us another one, because like I said, Juvenile 400 Degrees, I feel like that's that's a, a universal classic. I think when you look at my list, you would say, oh, all of these are undisputed classics. I mean, one other one would probably be Summertime 06. Like, I like the Vince State uh, self-titled album, yeah. but that to me is not best Vince. That's to me, that's not Vince at his best. No, it's not Vince at his best lyrically, but it's a, just it's overall a better album because there's no misses. And like Summertime 06 is longer. And so I don't know about you, but I don't like every single song on Summertime 06. Oh, well, let's see. That's what that's, yeah, that's what but you, you, you legit like every single song. Yeah, that's the problem. I did. It's not that I have a, because I like the fact that Vince decided to make a concise album with the self titled one, but I don't, there's only like three songs on the album that I, that I want to go back and listen to. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to hear another one outside of which McCollum, because like I was like 400 degrees, like, I just think you know from hip hop. I think, yeah, you know, I had I had guerrilla warfare on my list. Um, I just I shortened it. The hot boys, time. yeah, hot boys. I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite albums. Um, another one I had was Beanie Siegel to be coming. Um, Is that the first one? That's that's the one he 
he released right before he went to jail. Okay. Um, I really like that album as well. But that's all I had. Yeah, man. So I think we could, uh, for the sake of time, we could definitely rap right there. All right. Close us out, G-Rock. Oh, yeah. That's been another episode of Goddamn My Loving. Hey, man, that's so funny. I just got to say when, when like, some Southern shit, I don't know if it's just Southern or, like, some Atlanta shit, and you ask ask, ask a person the question and they ain't sure, and they be like, shit, goddamn. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous the amount of times that you'll listen to a Southern Black man say goddamn in, like, one sentence. Like, Bro, it would be like, that? it's like a comma, a period, an exclamation mark. Like, it's just like a thought filler. <laughs> it's just like... But yeah, goddamn, it's been another episode. <laughs> it's been another episode. Don't trust the punch. We appreciate y'all. And 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 we working, we working on our time structure. We appreciate y'all for, for holding it down. It's a little bit easier, you know what I'm saying? If y'all watch, you know what I'm saying? Cause cause you got three zaddies. You got three zaddies to look at. You feel me? And um, nah, but for real, appreciate y'all, man. It's been another episode for y'all that's uh tuned in, tapped in, listening. It's only getting better. And that's all I really got, man. If y'all got anything y'all want to say, man, we could close out. But that's all, man. I just want to thank y'all for tuning in. It's been another episode of Don't Trust the Punch. Peace. Peace.